Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. A magazine ad for a luxury XUV pictures a beautiful young couple standing in front of their expensive car, surrounded by lots and lots of very nice stuff. We are to imagine that everything in the photo is contributing to their happiness. The caption reads, to be one with everything. You need one of everything. Or maybe we need lots of everything. I just read the McDonald's now opens 2,000 new restaurants in the world every day. Yeah. Let's spend some time together this morning in a consideration of consumption, greed, overconsumption, addiction, renunciation, and freedom. How much time do you have? (laughs) Okay, lest I be accused of preaching. Let's just nod at everything we know about consumption, overconsumption, and addiction, shall we? St. Augustine famously prayed, Dear Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. (laughs) Renunciation sounds suspicious too, doesn't it? It's definitely not high on the list of the cultural values of the American way. Actually, I don't think renunciation made the list at all. But freedom made the list, and then some. So let's go to renunciation as a path to freedom, and as freedom itself. I am not talking about giving up our stuff to live on a higher spiritual plane. I've known way too many people who gave up their stuff and replaced it with righteousness. There is nothing holy there. The Buddha taught that it is better to live in a palace and be free of attachment than to live in a cave consumed by wanting. I am talking about renunciation as letting go, especially of letting go of longing with all its attendant torture. The Tibetans have a word for that sticky feeling that describes getting hooked by something. The word is shenpa, S-H-E-N-P-A, shenpa. American Tibetan Buddhist nun Pema Chidron writes, it is an everyday experience. At the subtlest level, we feel a tensing, a sense of closing down, and then the feeling of withdrawing, of not wanting to be where we are. That is the hooked quality 
that tight feeling has the power to hook us into self-denigration, blame, anger, jealousy, and other emotions that lead to words and actions that poison us. Yet we don't stop, we can't stop, because we are in the habit of associating whatever we are doing with relief from our own discomfort. Shenpa is usually involuntary, and it gets right to the root of why we suffer. It thrives on the underlying insecurity of a world that is always changing. We experience this insecurity as a background of slight unease or restlessness. We all want some kind of relief from that unease, so we reach for something to soothe ourselves, known in some circles as our drug of choice. It doesn't necessarily present as a drug. Maybe it's eating or drinking, getting buried in a book or online or shopping or sex, all good in moderation. And then somehow it's no longer in moderation and we are imbuing it with that magical quality of something that comforts us and then we become unconscious and then we're hooked. Shanpa. We poison ourselves with that which once soothed us. What was our best friend turns on us with a vengeance. We become enslaved to a tyrannical master. And it's not always a substance or a behavior. It might be a way of seeing or a way of being that does us in. I love the old Zen story of two monks, Tanzan and Ediko, who um, meet a woman dressed in kimono standing at the river's edge. They all want to cross, but the water is muddy and the current is strong. The woman asks the monks for their help, and without hesitation, Tanzan, the senior monk, lifts the woman onto his back and fords the river. Ekido trails behind. Safely across, Tanzan sets down the woman, they bow to one another, and the monks travel on together. Hours pass in silence until Ikido can't stand it any longer, and he says, how could you touch her? Referring to their vow of chastity, how could you have carried her? I left that woman on the banks of the river. Yet after all this way, you appear to be carrying her still. Aikido is trapped in Shenpa. Any addict in recovery will tell you, addiction being Shenpa, the first maneuver in getting unhooked is to get honest. Houston, we have a problem. And then, in order to get free, to really get free, it's all about building the muscle of willingness to stop self-destructing. Traditionally, this is known as renunciation. So the Tibetan word for renunciation is shenlok, which actually means turning shenpa upside down. Renunciation. Pema Chidron writes, unless we equate renunciation with loving kindness and friendliness towards ourselves. It feels like putting on a straitjacket. We wriggle mightily. But with practice, slowly but surely, we learn how to recognize the feeling of being hooked, the urge, and to bear the discomfort 
of not reacting. With honesty and willingness, we break the chain of the chain reaction. There's a great cartoon of um, three fish. They're swimming around a hook. And one says, the secret is non-attachment. In other words, don't bite the hook. Last month, Kem and I were part of a virtual community whose members agreed to blog about our experiences with the meditation over the course of four weeks based on Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg's book, Real Happiness. And this is my favorite post. It's written by Enrique Colasso. I grew up here in LA to two addicted parents. My dad left when I was very young. I have no memory of him, and he was gone my whole childhood. He came back into the picture when I was 16 and was very violent. I was super afraid of him. My dad sold drugs, and not having any other role models, I think, on some subconscious level, I wanted to be like him. I was in a gang and lived a very violent life. I don't say this to seem like a tough guy because I was actually really scared. When living in this type of environment, when you're out to hurt before you get hurt, you think everyone else is thinking the same way. The following years of my life were some of the hardest, selling drugs, violence, jails, homelessness, not realizing the things I was doing were perpetuating my suffering. The feelings of loss and hurt set in motion this effort to protect myself and also this cycle of self-abuse. It was like I put on these glasses and what I saw was a stupid, damaged, unlovable, mean, violent, hopeless, junky loser. Meditation has allowed me to remove these glasses and to see the truth, to see my intrinsic value and to care about all of me, the unskillful, and the beautiful. How do you go from hating pain to being kind to it or caring for it? He continues, well, you practice. I was tired of the judging, comparing, hating mind. So as foreign as all this love expletive was to me, I was willing to practice, to meditate, because I wanted some ease. At first, all I could do was tolerate the pain and then I was able to show it a little mercy, and then eventually there came a point where there was some genuine care, some authentic kindness to my being in pain. Ah, so much easier this way. Enrique Colasso concludes, I can see as I practice and try my best to live a spiritual life that I still mess up. I'm coming to a place where I can love that too, which allows me to love that in you. I've found that there isn't anything that isn't deserving of my love. And so loving kindness is the tool, the practice that allows me to live in this realm where people betray and leave and abandon and die, to live with an open heart. Because of how I grew up, I thought that my heart was something I was supposed to protect from the world. I have come to realize that it is my gift to the world. Shenpa, honesty, willingness, renunciation, getting unhooked, 
love. I'm going to close with probably my favorite Shenpa story. This is told by Pema Chidron. She writes, I once attended a lecture about a man's spiritual experiences in India in the 1960s. He said he was determined to get rid of his negative emotions. He struggled against anger and lust. He struggled against laziness and pride. But mostly, he wanted to get rid of his fear. His meditation teacher kept telling him to stop struggling, but he took that as just another way of explaining how to overcome his obstacles. Finally, the teacher sent him off to meditate in a very tiny hut in the foothills. He shut the door and settled down to practice, and when it got dark, he lit three candles. Around midnight, he heard a noise in the corner of the room, and in the darkness, he saw a very large snake. It looked to him like a king cobra. It was right in front of him, swaying. All night, he stayed totally alert, keeping his eyes on the snake. He was so afraid he couldn't move. There was just the man, the snake, and fear. Just before dawn, the last candle went out, and he began to cry. He cried not from despair, but in tenderness. He felt the longing of all the animals and the people in the world. He knew their alienation and their struggle. He accepted, really accepted wholeheartedly that he was angry and jealous, that he resisted and struggled, and that he was afraid. He accepted that he was also precious beyond measure, wise and foolish, rich and poor, and totally unfathomable. He felt so much gratitude that in the total darkness, he stood up, walked toward the snake, and bowed. Then he lay down and fell sound asleep on the floor. When he awoke, the snake was gone. As he put it at the end of the lecture, that much intimacy with fear caused his dramas to collapse, and the world around him finally got through. Beloved spiritual companions, we do not need one of everything to be one with everything. That sticky feeling, Shenpa, will come to no good. Honesty and willingness are the road to renunciation. And renunciation, getting unhooked, letting go, is the path to freedom. The candles burn out, and it is very dark just before dawn. But when we awaken, the snake is gone. May our dramas collapse and the world get through. And may we make of our open hearts, 
a gift to the world.